You're listening to the Periodic Table of Awesome podcast, bringing you the best of geek from week to week. Join your hosts Dion and Quinny and the occasional special guest as they talk movies, TV, gaming, toys, comics, and everything in between. We're losing him. Do we really want to upload? We could be together forever. You are so amazing. But forever is just like so long. Uploads that way, ORs the other way. What do you want to do? Three, two, one. Upload. Hello, Nathan. Ten fingers and toes? Pretty seamless. This is the first day of the rest of your afterlife. You may find yourself living in a beautiful house. Welcome to Lakeview. Uplifting views, timeless Americana. It's 10 a.m. Breakfast is over. No! It's not even real food! New guy coming through. This one. Do I dare? Dare. Hey, boundaries. Cute. He thinks he's cute. You may ask yourself, how did I get here? Denied. In-app purchase required. Uh. Is this what you look like for real? You're not some old dude or something? No, this is me. You're a little cutie. So I understand you were in a bad place yesterday. Uh, it's only weird if you make it weird. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the periodic table of awesome. I am Quinny, and we have a whole bunch of wonderful people who are through that thing, which is a camera on my computer. Hello. Introduce yourself. Go on. You, who's on that side of me. Hello, oh, Ryan. Do this again, Quinny. <laughs> <laughs> do this again. Yes, we don't know. You don't know where we are. You can't really see. No. My name is Dion. So, alphabetical order. Oh, God. Um... That means Dion's first. Also, yeah, yeah absolutely. This is actually great. Do you know why I'm actually super excited for this particular uh, show tonight, Quinny? Is because I finally figured out to get how to get the chat working. So now I can read things. And I want to say, hello, Ted. <laughs> hello, voice <of> Ted. <laughs> hello, everybody watching on Twitch. That was Dion. I'm Fel. Uh, next is Jill. Yay. Hi. <laughs> I'm Peter. Wait. Is anyone else running through the alphabet in their brain to make sure who's going? Thankfully, I actually have it written in front of me. Yeah, if you forget, it's written right up there for you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's very, very useful. Um, how are we all this fine, fine uh, semi-winter's day? Are we in winter yet? No, not quite. Yeah, my toes are cold. Oh. oh. <laughs> I'm wearing layers. Ah. My knee hurts. So any other. <laughs> well, this is great. All things yeah, that can all be old. all things that can be avoided in the afterlife. Yeah. How are you, Felicity? I spent the afternoon kayaking in the sun on Sydney. Oh, how nice! <laughs> I oh, went well. I was responsibly socially isolating with a large area of open water around my body. Beautiful. Oh, lovely. Well, today <laughs> we are talking about a, a series, and it's a series that I am trying to remember who it was that actually suggested it. It was me. I thought it was Jill, but I think. <laughs> I don't know. Peter said she saw it first. I, I, I watched it first. <laughs> I think Peter did watch it. I watched it first, but I didn't suggest you guys watch it. Here's what says about it. I, I saw it and suggested it to Dion because it, the filming location is somewhere that I've actually been. So I'm the only one in the periodic table of awesome team who has actually been to heaven. 
although I haven't been for me. Um, <laughs> very excited and wanted to watch it and said, how about we do upload for TPTOA? And I think Dan was unenthusiastic about it. And then Jill suggested it <laughs> in a different chat. And I thought, yes. Sure. Now, now I can make this work. Let's just go with that. <laughs> um, interestingly yeah. enough, uh, there are a few comments about it going, oh, you know, I'm not too sure because I, I put it out onto Facebook to say, hey, this week we're, we're going to be talking about upload. Um, and there are a few comments going, oh, I've already watched it all and really loved it. Mm -hmm. And a few others going, what is it? I've never heard of it. And somebody said, I haven't seen it advertised anywhere. Um, this week, really? for the first time in a long time, I turned on free-to-air TV. Um, and it's advertised everywhere. Yep. Yeah, really? Yeah, they're giving it a massive like push. a lot of money or something, isn't it? Just not, <laughs> just not actually bothering about the, uh, like, you know, not, not worrying about where it's being pushed, like not seeing stuff on free-to-air. I would never know that it's going through there. I found it on the home page of Amazon Prime Video. <laughs> I was thinking, what should I watch? And a big thumbnail came up of a person in a VR goggle. And I was like, that seems up my alley. And I clicked play. Oh. And I just <laughs> let sure it run I, for a day. Yeah. No, I got the advertising on possibly another streaming service or it was free to air. I'm not sure. But yeah, um, I've seen commercials for it. Mm. And I don't know whether, like, I don't watch much free-to-air, so I'm not sure whether this is a common thing to see streaming services heavily advertise a new series on free-to-air TV, but it seems weirdly kind of counterintuitive that you would advertise your um, new stuff on their old shit. But... It's funny because <laughs> I think the, the place I've seen Amazon Prime Video push the most is um, when I've been watching Foxtel. Yeah. <laughs> so you're watching Foxtel, but you're missing, but you're getting stuff for Amazon Prime. Look, it's all yeah. one giant communal corporation in the future. <laughs> we don't really worry. Pep PepsiCo, Megacorp, Coca-Cola, Amatil, yeah. Amazon, Foxes on, Foxes on, Nokia, Taco Bell, Panera Facebook, <laughs> Panera Facebook. What is it? Fudruckers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yes. There we yeah, go. Because fuck you, I'm eating. Um, but Phil <laughs> actually made a, 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 just a really good point there that kind of all the voices went over the top of. But this is so similar to Idiocracy, it's scary. Well, the series isn't exactly, but I think no. the references to a, an over-corporatized future where capitalism has completely eaten everybody's life certainly have some um, comparisons to idiocracy. But it's interesting, Quinny, that you refer to the television that you saw this ad on as free-to-air television, but we watch free-to-air to television all the time. So we watch ABC, and, um, but we're just watching it digitally. But why call that commercial television? that you're talking about that you see ads on, yeah. which I haven't practically seen an ad in about seven or eight years or the last time that I had a television aerial because I don't tend to watch um, commercial stations. And the way that they work is they take any bold person's money, like it would be Amazon Prime <laughs> or Fox, or Fox is exactly the same. And mm. there's a subscription, Australia, how did we do that? You pay for it and there are still ads. I yeah. got really confused when yeah. pay TV had ads. Yeah, like, no. yeah, and then if I see an ad on subscription services that I pay for, that subscription's getting cancelled. That's not I, what that means. I distinctly I remember when cable TV came in in Australia. Uh, would have been the nineties, early nineties, I think, when we got the first Foxtel kind of cable television, and their huge selling point was you get no ads. 
And then yeah. at around 2000, they went, yeah, we're not making enough money. So you're going <laughs> to get ads now, but they're going to be ads for stuff on our channel. And then eventually they're just like, no, it's just ads. You have ads. Yeah. Also, yeah. I, I remember when um, SBS didn't have ads and yeah. then it got just mm. the classy ads and then it just got McDonald's and we we're all <laughs> another great one fallen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I find so annoying. Like even on the commercial station apps for the streaming, you still get commercials. Like I just want to watch an hour block of like a TV show that I missed on Sunday night. And I have to put up with blocks of about six ads. There'll be six in a row. Um, and yesterday I got six back to back Woolworths commercials in block. <laughs> and I pretty the much only place that you can to- now. <laughs> I wanted to kill myself. Like, <laughs> I get frustrated on YouTube and stuff like that where, you know, because once again, there was another thing that was kind of the, the free internet where it was just like, yes, have, have at it. Watch videos as long as you want. And now there's the pre-roll and sometimes yeah. there's the mid-roll and then there's yeah. the end roll. And it's like, oh, for f- yeah. It's only when I'm going to start getting ads in, like, in during the actual episodes. Like when I start seeing products that just turn up in the middle of TVs or film show yeah, oh wait placement. oh yeah right okay <laughs> well, like product placement but yeah. something you don't really getting... see that in this show like a, a lot of future dystopias show, show um you know like you're passing a billboard and it advertises to you or you know ads on the moon or those kind of future can see so that's not something that we saw in this very much except for it was completely baked into civilization so you weren't being Mm. advertised at anymore it was just like every service what had a brand on it so it was it had gone beyond being advertised to it was totally inescapable because it was so thoroughly woven into every possible activity that you might do including the foyer of lakeview where you've got that infuriating (laughs) gunman who naturally everybody hates but maybe we could set the series up a bit better for those who haven't seen it should we go to the synopsis In 2033, humans are able to upload themselves into a virtual afterlife of their choosing. When computer programmer Nathan dies prematurely, he is uploaded to the very expensive Lakeview, but soon finds himself under the thumb of his possessive, still-living girlfriend Ingrid. As Nathan adjusts to the pros and cons of digital heaven, he bonds with Nora, his living customer service rep, or Angel. Nora struggles with the pressures of her job, her dying father who does not want to be uploaded, and her growing feelings for Nathan, while slowly coming to believe that maybe Nathan was murdered. That's Upload. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. <laughs> it's like a really, it's, it's like, it's yeah. like a, a, a sort of, a, a kind of a comedy Westworld that is nothing, yeah. nothing I mean, is... As dreadfully I, terrifying as a comedy was. Trying to perceive itself as something very lighthearted, but there's a, a kind of a sinister um, story. My here. my first reaction was it's it's Black Mirror meets The Good Place. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Fact, there, there is a Black Mirror episode that explores this exact concept, but in in yeah. drama form, which is, is that the Yes, a, yeah. a virtual reality afterlife. Um, so it, the concept kind of felt very, very familiar, but the, uh, the, the comedy, um, felt a little bit more like budget good place to me. 
from from a showrunner perspective um charlie brooker said this week that because if people keep asking him are you going to do more black mirror and he said i don't really think there's an audience for that right now nobody wants to see, nobody needs to see yeah. that we're living in a in a horrible dystopia yeah. currently there gets, so, there gets a point where you're a black mirror writer and you're like i can't write Right? Harder than what this. Is <laughs> Life is already hard enough. <laughs> and then um, Greg Daniels, who I would love you guys to talk about in a moment, um, worked with the creator of The Good Place. Oh. And, um, you know, there's some interesting creative issues that come out of that, that when your colleague goes and creates that show and then you've created this show, but like actually a really long time before, it took a long time for this to get to television. Um, and you, you've both made these similar programs about this weird, um, existentially disturbing afterlife. Uh, but they, they sit together. I don't think that they cover too much of the same ground, but they do sort of no. shake hands, don't they, Peter? Oh, it doesn't feel like a copy. It, it, it's just that the style of humour and the core themes certainly run through both. I, I remember having that conversation with you at one point, Peter, and sort of going, yeah, it's a little bit like the good place that you bought. Like it's, it's the, the Coles brand, good place, or <laughs> not, not quite as weird as the Aldi good place. <laughs> <laughs> because as a, as a comedy, it doesn't feel as polished. And I think this is why mm. I watched the entire series in a day and, and didn't to, you know, run to you guys and say, you all have to watch this series, you know, because it's very entertaining and it is, it's an, easily digestible watch and it's something that, that you kind of want to keep watching but at the same time there's there's um a, a kind of a lack of polish to the comedy and the character development and the story world um in a lot of ways that just makes it feel you know not quite on the same level Mm. I thought it kind of it kind of got better as it went on, like while I was watching the series. Like for the first couple of episodes, I was a little bit like, "Ah, it's kind of funny," and then as it got further and further along, I was like, "This is really not funny, but also <laughs> terrifyingly I funny." Yeah. Like <laughs> I love that they picked twenty thirty three. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. not far. Yeah, totally. This is yeah. like, but when you look at the you know the exponential speed that that both technology and capitalism. Uh, are running at. <laughs> they really are neck and neck for fucking us completely, aren't they? <laughs> Absolutely. This one, this one is definitely about um, going. I can see that there's profit to be made in the class divide. Let's ramp that up. Like, <laughs> yeah, but can we also <laughs> profit off people's death? Gallop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once once people are dead, that doesn't mean that they can't still consume. <laughs> yeah. It's literally the tenet of this can, thing. And can you guys like, talk about Greg Daniels a bit, the creator of the series? Because I know that some of you are fans of his other shows and, of mm. course, specifically Parks and Recreation. Well, I'm, um, I'm going to have to put my hand up and say, not actually watched Parks and Rec at all. Have, um, Quinny, have you ever watched The Simpsons? Uh, I have watched The Simpsons. Have you I'm not King also of a Hill? big fan of... See, this is what I was going to get to, is that, that he also worked on King of the Hill with Mike Judge. So mm. if there are any similarities between this and Idiocracy, I mean, this is a man who was working with Mike Judge um, at, at a similar time. So maybe some of the ideas are kind of, you know, cross-pollinating a little bit. Um, but yeah, King of the Hill, The Office, Parks and Rec, 
Uh, he's he's making some good stuff, and his next series I'm really excited for. I just watched Which, a trailer for it. Space Force. Space Force. Yeah. Oh that's, yeah. That's one. That's <laughs> also, I like to I like to say you know, the the big ones that that um, we've talked to there. It's it's great, except there's a little one in there that people may have missed, which is People of Earth, which is really good. That was about a guy who goes to do a report, like he's a reporter, he goes out and he finds a group of people who claim that they've been abducted by aliens and he eventually ends up becoming part of them. Um, what, in believing that he was abducted? Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah it's actually <laughs> kind of, it's really, really funny. Um, it's just a kind of missed a few people uh going that, that's not a, a greg daniel show though is it uh yeah yeah he was the director and executive producer of people of earth huh, um okay. he's sorry, doing what he's, his writing credits he's sorry. just doing everything like you know he's kind of got his hands on all of that sort of stuff uh and i'm still terribly upset with quinny for not having watched parks and rec but then also really yeah. happy for him because he's got all of that to look forward to eventually oh wow, oh, yeah, wow. Cool. Yeah, it um, is. Oh, yeah, Quinny, I'm, this is the perfect thing for you to do in these terrible times. <laughs> yes. This is true. And, and I like that the chat is saying, go, stop the podcast. So, okay, that's <laughs> yeah. it. I'm sorry, everybody. It's been real. I've got to go. I've just got to go and watch People get really attached to his characters, uh, as I have witnessed with Parks and Recreation. Like, look at Leslie Nope and you know, all of that. And Ron Swanson. <laughs> and so, you know, he really, there's something about them that I think is quite endearing. And also he does, he did a couple of episodes of The Office. So he also does that workplace comedy thing well. But I, a lot of American um, comedy at the moment really doesn't land with me because it's about really irritating people being irritating to each other mm. to try to irritate other people as much as possible and as an audience member it just irritates me <laughs> oddly enough just, well, this I, is one of those ones where we do, we've often talked about you know characters that or shows that have no likable characters right not the case here i actually think there are a lot of characters that you can kind of hang your hat on here and go okay I, i'm invested in yeah that. exactly and i think the most important thing that happens at the beginning of the series is that we're introduced it's really set up in an antic slightly surreal way that we're introduced to the protagonist as being a real douche bro um, yeah and we he's a really like bimbo unlikable selfish character in <laughs> i mean in a slightly mm. hilarious way but very quickly um he becomes a sympathetic character and that has would you call him a himbo right throughout the series hmm? Would you Not call him face, a himbo? Yeah. In the, initially, yes. Um, in the in the earlier, like in the beginning of the first episode, but I found episode one really dense. And actually, at the end of episode one, um, I said to Dion, "Wow, was that just the one episode? It was a lot in there." Did it um, also feel longer than the others? It was. Longer. I haven't checked the running length. Okay, right. That, that it was. Um, it was close to I think about fifty minutes, and then the remainder of the series were thirty minutes. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there you go, because they, damn, they got a lot into that. Because we really see a transformation in him apart from his death, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not, that's not a spoiler for anyone no. who hasn't seen it yet. Let me make sure they have to die in the episode about his afterlife. Uh, one one of the things that I think the credit to the show is it presents a bunch of uh, curious characters and then. It, it actually expands on their personalities enough over the course of the series so you want to get to know them more. And, you know, Robbie Amell's character um, is just bad at the start, but by the end it's kind of like, oh, there's some character growth. I mean, I like that stuff. 
I wouldn't complete him, completely write him off. I found he seemed to be um, a real a family person in the first episode. Like he's visiting mm. um, his yeah. family for, for Thanksgiving. He likes his niece. He's he not... needs to do classical dance with his niece. Oh, the, expo- <laughs> oh, the exposition in the first episode was a little annoying. But you That's know, only that... 13 years away to a classical <laughs> dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like there's someone that, you know, is not too keen on his girlfriend and would rather spend time with his family. And I don't find that a terribly bad person, to be honest. No, I think he's, he's just vain. And he has his priorities in different places. Yeah, I think that that's the thing too. I mean, they never present him as an evil or bad person. They just yeah. present him as someone who's probably a, a bit, bit of a douchebag. But I think by the end of it, I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't really uh, have a problem. And that was actually yeah. something that I found throughout the series. Everyone that I kind of met, except for uh, the manager uh, in Horizon, oh, everyone yeah. was had some sort of redeeming quality. Hmm. Sort of. Peter, you've you've been trying to say a thing. Just. Oh, <laughs> See your mouth go. You know, the, the setup of that character was one of the things that actually held me off being completely on board because um, uh, while, you know, I, I love characters that develop and good character setup and, and likeable characters, there was something a little bit slapstick about the way um, some elements of his character were set up that, that put me, I think, in the wrong style of comedy space mm. that the show was not supposed to be in. Um, and that kind of bugged me a little bit that, you know, they're obviously trying to set up this character as somebody who's very, very vain, but those moments of vanity were, were outside of the tone of the rest of what you were seeing. And I found that a little bit kind of confusing and, and off-putting in the first episode. Um, yeah. It didn't stop me from getting into it. It was just like a little, you know, when I say that I, I don't feel like the humour was as polished as, as you know, uh, a good... Good Place or other Greg Daniels um, series, that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. I, I agree. I think there it, it tonally struggles um, for a little while because it is feeling like it's trying to be a different kind of comedy. And you're kind of like, what do you do? Like for the first two episodes or thereabouts, I honestly was going, I'm not sure what you're trying to do here. And I don't think the show knew what it was trying to do. And then it introduces a murder subplot. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you, have, you really don't know what you're doing here. But also, I'm really intrigued and I need to know what's going on. And yeah. that was the thing. It kind of grabs you through really unexpected kind of means. Because it also sort of sets it up as being kind of a, a romantic comedy and and this sort of twee thing between him and his angel, and you're like, oh, okay, right, we're going down that path. But I then there's a twee. I like premise. that. That's, That's a lovely premise. I was like, it is. An elevator pitch, and that was the whole thing. And you took out the murder plot and all of the other stuff. You know, in the future, you can have digital afterlives, and somebody in the afterlife starts to fall in love with his living customer service agent. I'm like, bam, that's a show. Oh, <laughs> um, it's quite cute. You got yourself a deal, kid. <laughs> so, I, I think you know, taking it to those other places with the murder mystery and stuff is is kind of one of the things that you know made it feel a little bit, um, a little bit less polished to me. Um, even though I was really enjoying the core premise of it and, and kept watching. But again, if you're trying to sell it as a multi-series kind of TV show, like, where do you go after the falling in love? Like, 
Um, I yeah. feel like the, the murder subplot is kind of driving the rest of the universe. Like, um, is there ulterior motives to having people uploaded? Um, you know, what's the, the, um, the prerogative behind corporations and, and uploading? Yeah. And, and yeah. what about this, you know, the introduction of the downloads later on and mm. stuff like that, where you're like, oh, okay, well, the, and, and yeah, yeah, it is that question. If, if your central concept, which is a romance between a dead person and, and their, you know, customer representative is mm. strong enough, maybe you don't need all that other stuff. But I feel like this one actually is stronger for all of the other bits. There's no yeah. rule that says you have to only ever be one thing, obviously, but you do have to strike a tonal balance, I think. I think uh, Fel had mentioned a bit earlier that she had uh, been the only person to have actually gone <laughs> yeah. to heaven. So <laughs> we're missing one cat, one pivotal character, I think, in this. We could talk about some, like the rest of the, the human interacting characters, but there is one uh, character, I would say, uh, in the show, which is Heaven. Yeah, Lakeview really is a character in this, isn't it? Um, mm, and so mm. beautifully rendered. So that place does <laughs> <Literally>. exist. <laughs> when I went there, I thought I had died and gone to heaven. Because <laughs> it is like that. Also, it's like I died and gone to Wasp Heaven. Oh, where, yeah. is it, yeah. where is it, where is it <laughs> really? In so. upstate New York. Um, so around your Westchester area. Just um, off, off Greenmark Green Green Drive. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> And uh, you can get the train there from New York City or drive up there um, around an area called Poughkeepsie. And oh, it's cute. Oh, the Shongum Mountain Range, which is spelt S-H-A-W-A-N-G-U-N-K. Um, <laughs> and the place is called the Mohonk Mountain House. And it has also appeared in, um, I think, the Road to Wellville as the Kellogg's Sanitarium. You know, the Anthony Hopkins movie from the early 90s? The Kellogg Sanitarium. They're the ones that make the cereal and sanitarium. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like about the Kellogg family. And right, it was, a, it was a health spa, like a sanitarium, literally. Sanitarium, um, sanatorium. I think it's one of them. One of them is things. One of them is a breakfast bar. The other one is a place to relax. <laughs> Put it in the chat, somebody. Yeah, Anyhow, so somebody, look it up. What, it's, it's now a very beautiful, you know, like you see in the marvelous Mrs. Maisel of wealthy New Yorkers going up at, into the country. Because New York's oh, yeah. like in the, the summer, a very hot, humid <laughs> place. And everyone goes either to the mountains or to the Hamptons, like beach or the mm. mountains. And it's really popular in the warm weather for people to go up and stay there and swim in the lake and hike in the woods and ride horse, do horseback riding and stuff like that. But but um, in every season, that place is very beautiful. In the fall, there's autumn leaves, and in the winter, is bitterly cold. And you can just switch between them. Very by romantic. A little tiny yeah, knob. With, a, <laughs> with a little thing like that. But it does have all of those beautiful gardens. So as a filming location, it is really an extraordinary get, and such a funny and clever idea to use that as heaven. And to like how they, I don't I haven't seen any information about how they use that as a location and were able to shoot there and how that shoot was even structured um, to get the different footage that they've got, like different times of year and the garden stuff. It looks like mostly late spring based on the flowers and stuff that you see. I was trying to figure out what on earth time of year they'd oh, been. It doesn't matter whatever time of year, you can always change it because yeah. it's heaven and you can do right. whatever you want <laughs> as long as you... What a shoot to do, a New York, essentially a New purchase. York show. And there's a couple mm -hmm. of... Um, pop New York actors like the guy that plays Byron, um, our uh, Angel's 
Tinder date. Um, nightly. Nightly. <laughs> yeah, the nightly date. Byron, um, He's listed as Nora's casual sex show. partner. Yeah. <laughs> another popular <laughs> show called The Bold Type. Um, that we that uh, is, is shot there as well. So what a great shoot to be on to be able to like. I'm sure they must have all stayed there and filmed for you know weeks on end. What a hoot to to do. And there's some really fantastic directors on this. There's Dana Reed who directed some of The Handmaid's Tale. Um, and there's I think her name's Casey Anning, who's an Australian who went to QUT and after. Oh wow! And is directing a couple of episodes of Upload. She also directed. Um, an ABC show for kids called Hardball that's really fantastic. Mm. By the way, if you have kids, get them to check out Hardball. It's lovely. And, yeah, right. so she made that that's on the ABC and now she's over there doing episodes of Upload. Good for her. I think the, the, it, was, it was all fun and games to watch, like, the characters come in interacting, but I did see Fel's jaw drop when there was one particular character who came in uh, that we get introduced to, which is David Choke. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> not, not David Coke, uh, yeah. like the Coke brothers. No, yeah, no, this is someone completely today. different. Another multi-billionaire called Choke, um, but played by the wonderful William B. Davis as a excellent, excellent, malevolent, yeah, malevolent <laughs> old fellow who's like, <laughs> you were murdered. <laughs> Delicious piece of casting of William B. Davis. Yeah. The- notorious you know if you google csm space xf you'll find cigarette smoking man from the x-files william b davis you'll also find uh, elon musk's daughter's name uh, <laughs> <laughs> such an iconic character um and so beautifully cast here with his horrible livery brown lips Ugh, yeah, yeah. kind of horrible <laughs> Down rest of stage makeup, like he's getting on, but they've really gone to town on him to make him look like screwed. He, he really and is just sitting there, you know, doing yeah, excellent. Um, <laughs> yeah. excellent. And given that one of the real Coke brothers has died, who is yeah. just oh. absolutely, you know, classic mega billionaire. Well, what I love, what I loved about that is that. Uh, uh, I can't remember what's Robbie's name. Nathan, that's right. Nathan can't believe that he's on a floor. On the, at the same level as as him, he's like, "But you're a billionaire," and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's okay. This is the door to my estate," and he opens up the door. Instead of just having a room there, it is a gigantic sixty three acre estate through there because it's all virtual, and he doesn't care. He's like, "Oh no, I just like coming out and going for a walk with the." Do you like people. his golf club? Yes. I'm trying to remember what his golf clubs were. Well, he was playing golf one? and requested an Arnold Palmer and got. Oh yeah, right. got the <laughs> yes. actually an actor. Right, sorry, I was, I was thinking. Was, <laughs> was there a gag in there about them using like animals as golf clubs? But no, it was the Arnold Palmer. No, no, thing. No, no. <laughs> well, I don't want to give too much away for people who haven't seen it. Really, uh, there's there's a lot in there, but I mean, what what do you think it succeeded with? What was the best things about the show? My favourite thing about it and the thing that kind of made me excited and want to keep watching is the way that they have rendered the digital world with all of the kinds of glitches uh, that, that, you know, we see in the digital worlds that we are already playing with, Mm, Um, you know, including, you know, birds flickering on and off the screen and at some point somebody just getting stuck in a corner and having to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I also love the description of the water. It's like, oh, they've used the same gift too many times as the reflections on the water and it's starting <laughs> yeah. to, like, you can see it pixelating yeah. and like, 
Yes. Yes, the, I've seen that. Or the fact that it's just like a real server. It's the same place, but it's loaded with millions of different people using the same map. Yeah, like just it's on same, different, different servers. instances. So if you have like the guy <laughs> diving in, it's like, oh, everyone's out today. You can watch it. It slows down. There's lag. And the guy goes to jump into the water and it just glitches a bit. Yeah, and then he goes, <laughs> it's like, uh, too many people out today. <laughs> it's just empty. It's just one guy driving in. That kind of stuff was really, really fun. I like the NPC people in the um, in the afterlife who, though you can interact with them, but you know in a limited way. Like well, the AIs, yeah, some yeah. of them. The, the concierge, it's all the same model, but they just fulfil different roles, roles, and some have more interaction than others. More, I'm, more actually, I'm intrigued by that one, and that's the thing that I would love to see them expand on in season two. Because it is an AI and they actually say, you know, that's, that's just an AI that's kind of running everything. And you see that it has weird kind of attitudes towards certain <laughs> characters, including yeah. a definite attraction to Nathan. Um, but, <laughs> but then there are moments, beautiful moments, where you see like they're trying to exit and it's looking at a capture. And, and it's like, which one of these is a cat? And it's like getting it wrong. And it's like, oh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, the AI couldn't get into the chapel because it couldn't yeah. pass the, the capture test. And I was just that's like, was that's genius. Yeah, that's, wasn't that's the kind of thing that I love about this show is when there are little moments that you just go, that's clever and that's funny mm -hmm. and that's yeah. very well observed. And that's when the, like, the show is at its best as kind of good place level clever. Yeah, a lot then, of thought has gone into the details elements of the show and I think that helps so much with the world building and just making it deeper and richer universe. Um, mm. Like I love the weird amalgamations of companies like Nokia Taco Bell and yeah. <laughs> Panera Facebook and <laughs> <laughs> like the weird, um, the grey web instead of the dark yeah. web. And, yeah, because, you know, companies will like eat each other and this, that was the thing. <laughs> I think this is the thing that, that I, like, I laughed a lot during upload, but then as soon as I laughed, I was like, <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, I know. It's kind <laughs> of like a weird is... dark future. <laughs> this show is my ha My favourite kind of humour oh. that's like, <laughs> this is how I see the world all the time. It's totally cut out like, from me. Yeah, I mean, like, there is so much Black Mirror stuff in this lighthearted kind of funny show about this guy who's potentially falling in love with a real woman again that I was just watching it going, Jesus fucking Christ, we're so close to that. That would that would happen. And, and uh, like, even his jokes? funeral, you kind of like, oh, that's it's it's funny and it's kind of lighthearted, but then there's black, black shit in it where you're like, oh, Jesus, that's dark. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, my favourite one, and this is one that you might have missed, um, and it took me a couple of goes to catch it. Did everyone know that in the office, the Horizon office, that, um, uh, what's her name? Nora. Um, Nora. Nora, sorry. Yeah, that Nora works in. Um, there's a ticker on the wall. And that says some of the darkest shit I've ever seen. Oh, I haven't in terms of it. capitalist, <laughs> yeah, in, in terms of capitalist shit, like the one of the ones that keeps keeps running through is if you're if a colleague tries to unionize, please report directly to management. Like just little bits and pieces they're throwing in there. Like did the you, place is already bad enough. Did you notice that when there was a fire in the building in one episode, it says please secure all 
I nearly said Verizon. Please yeah. secure all Horizon intellectual property and then leave the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alarm. Please secure all Horizon intellectual property and then leave the building. <laughs> you think that some of the jokes that are really delicious for us as digital culture mavens are going to be inaccessible to your mum and dad? Like, well, do you think mm. that some of this is too niche? Or will some, people so, some of the little details about the world, I think, will go over some people's heads, mm. but I, I don't think that that will hurt the, the, the story and plot. Uh, no, like, because I, I, I think really it's aimed at us. My parents would have appreciated the person stuck in the corner of the lift um, <laughs> because I don't think, honestly, don't think that they've actually ever played a, a game. Yeah, they would, wouldn't understand. They realise it's going to walk. Like, um, little details, I think, will will miss some people. But um, I think because they have chosen, you know, such accessible plot devices, a love story, you know, a murder mystery, Mm. it's going to be watchable for anyone. There's different levels of accessibility to to the detailing, like futuristic self-driving cars, like everybody can understand that. But I think the, the little um, tidbits like the tickers and the, the weird references are, are for a different audience and yeah. But I mean, I think there's, there's that wonderful thing where like, I know that there's a crossover part there. There's definitely a part where I would laugh and my parents would be like, I have no fucking idea. What you're <laughs> about. And then there's other parts where I still found amusing and they would just be on the floor pissing themselves. Oh. Like <laughs> the whole thing with the sex suit was just, would have just had, had my dad, he would be still struggling to breathe right now <laughs> after he watches that. I think it's a very clever casting that speaks to that as well. Like I love the William B. Davis casting casting Andy Allo as the lead is a masterstroke and fascinating. I think she was fantastic and carried it really admirably with Amel. I mm. mean, who the Amels have amazing social media clout anyway. Mm. Um, Andy Allo is, doesn't do a whole lot of acting. She's primarily a music star. She worked with Prince, um, but she has a huge profile as a performing music artist. Um, and all kinds of funny people crop up in this. Like there's an episode where Ingrid is being um, interviewed for, is a Vogue um, by Gigi Gorgeous, who is a trans woman YouTube star with 8 million followers. So mm. very clever choices of really interesting, cool, awesome people that um, have been brought into this by shrewd casting agents and Amazon with their lots of money to yeah. reach a very broad audience that is a real coalition of different social groups i think it's very clever i think one one oh you go so you oh i I was just gonna say i think the show also has a lot to say about society and progression Um, oh my god yes as we go like it's it says it in such an interesting way that you don't know that that that's something that they're trying to say like and i I say i have that with especially the older people like so people who are over a hundred or who have i don't have any new photos uh, are able to use an existing a photo of their representation because when you get uploaded into heaven yeah. you can be whatever avatar you want so you, everyone would want to look the best that they were so you have some black yeah. and white people you don't want to die at 100 and look 100 in heaven like why wouldn't absolutely. you want to look like your whole you yourself? don't want to look like an eight-year-old for the rest of eternity either <laughs> yeah and that brings yeah. Its own you know well, isn't that a great little subplot <laughs> Yeah, but, but both okay. subplots, you know, and both of those, like, what is what is love, sex, and relationships like in a digital like future where you yeah. don't have any of those hangups? You could be a guy, a girl, uh, you know, straight, 
trans, dog, queer, like a dog, everything. <laughs> like, it's just, it's dog is great. Like, yeah, your expectations need to be completely changed because you live in a in a, in a simulation that that can be ultimately changed at any time. I thought that was just it was never something brought to the forefront, but it was always something that just happened in the background, and I thought it was really refreshing to see how they handled that. The one one character I loved, sorry, because I, I, I wanted to say this before, is Zainab Johnson's uh, Alicia. Yeah. Yeah, so great. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a queen. Yes. <laughs> like, the queen of not giving a single fuck, but then, <laughs> like, yeah. just the most snarky and bitter and funny and just a character that you kind of initially, like, oh, I'm, I don't know where she's going, but then by the end of it, you're like, yes! <laughs> I yeah. thought her characterization was flawless. Absolutely mm. loved her. And I really like Luke as well. I love loved Luke Corey as well. <laughs> and his little him. aside of, you know, this happened and then I lost my legs in Iran. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope not. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Where there is not yet a war. Mm, um, yeah. And then one day I just rolled myself straight into the scanner. <laughs> <laughs> And the scanner, which is the most violent fucking thing you're ever going to see, like, oh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to give that away before the spoiler time because mm. that's, that's yeah, that is true. Yeah, like I, I liked Luke as well, and also figuring out the fact that heaven has um, hacks and 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 tips and tricks. Like, in if you hit something the right way, you can keep it just like all code. All code has a back door. You just got to mm. figure out what it is, but it's just accessible a different way. Yeah. So now that we're going to ratings at the end of the first half of the show, yes. 95% awesome for me. I really enjoyed it. Lovely. That's a very high rating and a lot higher than I was expecting. <laughs> Sorry, the, the silence that followed was my shock. It's 100% awesome and remove points for things which are not awesome. I really liked a lot about this and I'm only taking a few points off for things that maybe didn't land as well as they could but um i'm keen to come back for a, you know i hoovered up the whole thing really mm. enjoyed it liked all the characters loved the directing loved the writing um mm. found a lot of things about the story world and the art direction really clever keen to come back for season two and find out what happens to nora our protagonist so it's 95 for me nice dion you do it go on uh, well, okay, so a lot of deductions here um, because the monthly bill has come out and it's been itemised. Uh, <laughs> if you really want my rating, um, please deposit two ninety nine. I thought you were going to say, if you really want my rating, you've got to get with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you should be getting with Dion's friends. Um, it's now the time to mention that we have a Kofi and a tip <laughs> Yes. <laughs> if you really want our ratings, just want my rating. Yeah, check two dollars in. It's all right. You're not going anywhere. You're not buying coffee. Whack it in the Kermit mug. Sure. Look, honestly, I got to say, I'm pretty, I'm pretty high with this too. Like, uh, there, I haven't had such a profound sense of existential dread, and I literally <laughs> spent yesterday a little bit down. You did based Aww. based on the whole kind of like. Man, it's just like like I I can see all of it happening, like all and that's and that's kind of terrible. Like it's funny, it's a comedy show, but after a while, I was like, I can see all of this happening, and that's terrible, and that's why we need to burn the state. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I I want to see season two. I love the cliffhanger of season one. I'm going to be at ninety. Nice, which is amazing. It it is Jill. Um, well, look, even though I did multi-screen it, I, I chewed through it pretty quickly and I did actually start re-watching it again today. 
Um, I think it definitely has a lot of watchability. And again, I was at, well, I won't say this out loud. I was at my parents' place. Oh, not isolating. Whoops. Oh. Um, <laughs> on the weekend. And the commercial came up on TV, which is weird. Yeah. But I said to mum, oh, my God, yes, you got to watch this one, mum. you got to watch this one. So, yeah, I'm, I highly recommend it. So I think I'm going to give it like a 92. I like. I think the mm. would you recommend it to your mum is a yeah exactly. It's <laughs> <laughs> a tough question. It's really legal to visit your parents at the moment, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say all yeah, right, it's cool. that's fine. All right, that's um, good. That's okay. I, I, you know, this is a really funny one for me because I did really enjoy it. I uh, watched it all probably in one or two days. Um, I'm doing a lot of work at the moment that actually requires me to, to have something going at the same time and um, uh, means that if I'm enjoying something, I can just keep watching it. And I did. Uh, having said that, you know, I'm not jumping to recommend it to people and, and I can't mm. quite figure out why. I watched it first out of all of you guys and didn't jump on and say, hey, you guys, watch this amazing <laughs> comedy. And I, I think it is just that kind of, you know, lack of polish that, that makes me feel like there are better comedies that, that I, you know, would like to recommend people. Um, having said that, does what it says in a box, super entertaining, really enjoyable, got some laughs out of me. Uh, so I'm going to give it at 87. Nice. Um, I, I'm, I'm with Peter a little bit in that there are just enough things in there that were lacking in the polish or that felt like they were unintentional um, that I kind of, it, it pulled me back just a little bit. But I was so pleasantly surprised at being challenged on a regular basis by it that I kind of put them off to the to the side so for me it's a 91 I like I really you know I watched it with my partner and and you know she was fairly kind of like oh okay we'll give it a go and then after about two episodes we're like do you want to watch another one she's like yes I do um <laughs> and then we kept on watching and um got to the end of it and we're like well they'd better be making another fucking series of that hey <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's yeah. a really nice thing because there have been a bunch of stuff that we've watched lately that I've kind of gone eh you know, yeah. uh, I've had to push myself to watch the last two episodes of Devs. Um, yeah. I haven't gone back to see. Picard um, is just terrible. Oh God, no, don't yeah. You know, there, there's, there's multiple episodes of C that I won't. Um, <laughs> and, and so, yeah, there's, there's that thing of like, do I want to go back for more? Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, for me, it's a 91. Um, and uh, uh, Maddie in the chat has wrote it, rated a cool out of yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah. funnily, enough, funnily enough, with the quick math, um, that would make it 91. That's the overall rating. Sweet. We got 91. Well done, Quinny. You managed hey. to you score the a one. Prize? You get a thousand no. extra uh, Horizon bucks to spend oh, yeah. in that purchases. Yay. So to talk about the murder subplot and the two gigs, shall we take a break and then come back after the spoiler period? Sure. I think we should go to a clip um, and see what we'll come back a bit later. Can we just hit the pause button here for a second? Please look forward at the spot in front of you. Oh, thank God. Ah! Upload complete. Hello, Nathan. 
I'm not expecting you to answer me yet. The system is sorting through a lot of information, but I'm going to count to three. Try to count with me. One, two, three. Welcome to Upload, Nathan. We made it to Lakeview, you lucky duck. I want you to think of yourself. The I in the sentence, I think, therefore I am. Okay, cool. I'm just gonna grab that. That'll be your password or past thought. I'll always be able to use that to recognize you. Now, remember kindergarten? The alphabet song, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Think that for me. Yeah. Good. Now, think of the color blue. Light blue like a clear sky. Dark blue like a mountain lake. Yellow sunshine. Forest green. Brown wood. Perfect. I'm feeling pins and needles. Why do people always set it for Australian accent? Say again, please. Pins and needles. There we go. That's a lot better voice for you. Yours is nice, too. Yeah, pins and needles is just the program finding your nerve endings. Do you see anything? Okay, so we are now in the spoilery bits where we talk about all of the bits of the show that aren't in the trailers. <laughs> oh, that aren't, yes, well, I mean... Or just okay. generally ruining for people who haven't watched it. Yeah. Well, that's okay. They've been fairly warned. Like, I mean... <laughs> yeah. I don't want to give away, like, all of the stuff no. in the show. Like, I don't want to sort of go, and then at the last episode, because I think that was a great cliffhanger, I just found that... Mm. We just that... want to talk about it in a little bit more detail. Without, oh, for, how you know... fucked up is heaven where you can have absolutely anything you want if you can afford it and everything <laughs> is in that purchase? But, like, also, why the fuck is... That's Earth. That's being why does home. breakfast end at 10 a.m.? That's when oh, I get up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hotels like, yeah. who doesn't sleep in in fucking heaven come on i know what right you don't get there an app that will send me straight to sleep <laughs> <laughs> i would like eight hours of rest and sleep please thank you yep. <laughs> so the the spoilery part really is the conspiracy mm. subplot which we're calling the murder subplot um mm. yeah that relates to some really fun philosophical and ethical questions so as far as we understand it, Nathan has invented um, a kind of open source afterlife where people can mm. build their own stuff and you don't, it, there's no um, in-app in, in purchases effectively yeah. or in-game purchases. It's a freeware heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. A democratized freeware heaven where anybody can build a utopia of their own yeah. devising. It, it's a Linux heaven. Our Marxist. I was just going to say, I can totally imagine it being very much like uh, a second life or something where you just build whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, like Minecraft, yeah. but really pretty. Well, that's, <laughs> that's kind of like what they were doing with that thing. It was like, you can build your own heaven. Like, mm. you, they give you the developer tools uh, to be able to build your own heaven instead of having to pay a company or corporation to, mm. you know, uh, do that. Mm. Because they're like... Everyone knows in this future that there is a choice in afterlife provider and <laughs> you can have really great experiences or some not so great experiences uh, in your afterlife, like that one in the Sahara. Mm. Sorry, Phil, I interrupted one. you. But you make it yourself. So it's like Minecraft, but 
Animal Crossing, but Journey, <laughs> but the pretty Italian scenes in Uncharted 4. <laughs> sure. I think or that's what Skyrim. my hair look like. Something yeah. like some of like, those. Which, the Italian one or Skyrim? No, not Skyrim. I think that's your heaven. I think yeah. Uncharted, but with less violence. Is Skyrim looks very cold. Everything looks very wet and There's dragons that come and incinerate you periodically. That's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Heaven API. I do like that. Yeah. yeah. So that what, what he appears to have invented is something like uh, your own personal heaven freeware that you can build and nobody can be charged for this anymore. And then there's also organic wetware heaven, traditional OG style, mm. where mm. you just die and you go mm. somewhere that we know not of. And that is a cool discussion as well. But it appears right that he's invented this and possibly been killed for it. Yeah. Although it being in spoiler territory, the twist is that he may have sold his bestie out first to his girlfriend's dad, who has mm -hmm. tried to have him murdered, but she has done the trolley car problem and changed his <laughs> car from prioritise pedestrian to prioritise occupant so mm. he didn't die. But it oh, did yeah. work on his cousin. Yeah, so, and I, well, she's a character that I actually uh, initially was like, oh, I don't know about this, but then kind of wanted her to do really well, cousin Fran. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. See, I think that was the interesting thing about the show. Like, I uh, loved that, it, like, they, they set up a bunch of subplots that they look like they were going to expand on and that was going to be the twists, the mm. twists and turns. And then significantly throughout the season, that subplot became so like sort of constant but lesser involved as mm. to what the fuck was going on i feel because... like she's gone too soon she's like the barb of of badass you know and then she's just MacGuffined right in the pool yeah yeah, yeah. but I'd, like i kind of i kind of liked all that there's so many like there's so many things and opportunities that they they tried to present to us throughout this season that it would have got a bit too much if they'd been you know, uh, but it's like, oh yeah, well here's, if, if we had a found out who has been doing all this sort of stuff in the end of the first season, I would have been severely mm. disappointed, which is really strange because sometimes I hate shows that just like, we're just going to keep stretching it out. It's like, nah, this one was great. When it didn't happen at the end of the first season, I was like, cool. Mm. What next? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay. What Please do we think of existential dread? <laughs> great performance. Very clever. I hated her. Sorry, who are we talking about? Ingrid. Ingrid. Oh, Ingrid. Ingrid. Okay, yeah, she started out really vapid and annoying, but I think she does have a few redeeming qualities. Like, um, she really stuck up for herself and Nathan's niece, Nevaeh, when her family were being, like, utter prats. Oh, and, and, he and hello to I Terrell Rothery. <laughs> terrible <laughs> Terrell. Terrible Terrell, we love you, Terrell. I think that was like her turnaround moment where she kind of was starting to like claw her way back from being an absolute horrible person. Yeah. And, and, and it turns out that we don't necessarily know what her motivations were the entire mm. time in terms of putting him in heaven, you know, that it kind of yeah. comes out that maybe she was trying to protect him by doing that. Whereas for most of the series, we just feel like she's being insanely controlling. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. I loved that I, scene where, you know, he's, he said to, to his niece, don't let her straighten your hair. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, let's make our hair matching. And then the next scene, she's curled hers. I thought that was kind yeah. of cute. <laughs> that was actually a lovely moment where I was like, oh, okay. Because it could, like, and to be honest, I actually mm. found it kind of strange because I thought that there was almost a, a swerve with her character. Yeah. Uh, and it yeah. almost derailed me a bit where I'm like, oh, okay, hang on. Now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know where this character's going anymore. And I think that's why I really like, I, I liked the character because I hated her so much. Like, if you're gonna, it's really good if, if they can convince you that I just, fuck, I don't like that character. And then, you know, it sets it up. And by the end of it, if you've got small changes that make you understand them more and you actually don't mm. mind them, you're like, great, that's excellent writing. That's a, that's a good character to know. I love someone that's presented one way and that I really don't like. And then by the end of it, I'm like, oh, okay, I sort of see where you are now. Yeah. They're great characters. What about Nathan? Do you mean... (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's so weird. I actually really like Robbie Amell, even though I can't really point to anything that he's been in where I've been like, I love that performance or that character. (laughs) I've just seen him in like a lot of, you know, just... B-gradey TV stuff that I enjoy watching to make myself feel less anxious sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, you know Where's, what? Honestly, I, I, I haven't really? watched Code 8. Has anyone seen that? Yeah, don't. Mm. <laughs> oh. I was about to. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was, that, I was ready. It's a whole different conversation and make your own judgments. And... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so, the Tomorrow People. Um, oh yeah, is more the kind of thing I'm talking about. Where I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's not good, but it's watchable, and it it you know it it helped me feel less anxious about the thing I was feeling anxious about when I watched it. You know um, what? I remember that I have watched it, but I don't remember anything about it. So that probably <laughs> doesn't say much for that show. <laughs> yeah, uh, I forgot he was in it. <laughs> he was in the Flash, wasn't he? He was yeah. Firestorm. OG Firestorm before he died very quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aww. You know, he's, he's a recognisable face and he has this yeah. kind of air of adorable, vain innocence about him that's very easy to get on board with um, from, from the beginning. And I think that was kind of perfect casting for this particular character. <laughs> You're an yeah. adorable Muppet. Yeah. I mean... Initially, I did kind of have that thing with him. I'm like, you're kind of painting him fairly dislikable. Yeah. And then there is sort of this other version of him, which is the the likable one that is in Lakeview. And then by the end of it, you've almost come back around to the point where you're like, maybe he's actually a really not that nice a person. And you start wondering... You know, this this is then getting into the question of transhumanism and so forth of going, okay, are we the sum of our memories? Uh, you know, is our personality and our, our attitudes to life defined by what we have done in life and uh, mm. the decisions we make? And, and is a representation... Sorry? Can we choose to be better? Can yeah, we? Exactly. And is a representation of a person... Um, actually the same as a person. So if you're, if you're downloading your consciousness but removing bits of it, is that actually still the same person or is actually that a completely different being? Um, so, like, at the heart, there are some massive questions. Sorry? 
It was the glitches in his identity that made him likable because his memories of some of the things that he'd done weren't uploaded with him. Mm. That was what changed his personality and his identity in a way that made him um, a sympathetic character to Nora. Who... I would question that on a deeply philosophical mm. level, though, because the, the memory... <laughs> The memories that were deleted were all very specific, recent memories yeah. about choices that he had made, you know, mm. within the past few years. And so they're particularly unethical choices. Particularly mm. unethical choices that he made, but surely deleting the, unmemory, the memory of the recent unethical choice doesn't change his personality such that he wouldn't make the unethical choice. I, because I feel like everything there's up more until that point, play yeah. in memories there. True, although maybe if some of his worst behaviour... Because we've got to remember that he was a game developer that invented this open-source, open-world, afterlife, democratised thing. So he wasn't a mm. Silicon Valley guy who, you know, like an Elon Musk Fruit Loop. Mm. How, like how interestingly his trajectory has last gone. Week. Yeah. Um, but mm. the, he's, a, he's a game developer guy, who, an extraordinarily good-looking one, interestingly, in terms of the casting. Like, mm. all game developers I know look like Robbie and Mel. So, <laughs> you know, thanks, TV, for giving them that, that profile. Um, yes, it's like yeah, those writers from guy. other shows that get to have sex with all the women they meet. <laughs> yeah, like the writer. Yeah, writers <laughs> writing writer porn for writers. Bless them. Mm. So yeah, game guys that look like Robbie ML. But so you know, he came from that background and some of the less likable things were his own capitalistic self-indulgent choices where but we also come to find now that we are in spoiler territory that what motivated those choices was that he was trying to make money for his family who mm. what, you know even though he was mixing in these heady circles of venture capitalists and the Ingrids and their families of the world those were not his people the Noras were his people yeah and that in um losing those elements of his recent past it brought him back maybe to the original version of himself as Peter points out and mm. um that was part of the substance of their connection as characters I also loved how they made the point that particular character flaws were burnt in um, being that, you know, the, the thing that almost drives him completely insane when he realises what's happened to him isn't the fact that he's dead and in a virtual reality world, but the fact that one of his hairs won't sit quite <laughs> And that's the thing that tears the fabric of reality the most. And, and that, you know, even though I, I, I didn't love the way they set up that character, like I said, I, I thought it was a bit slapstick. Um, mm. I thought that was a, a, an excellent character note for the setup of, you yeah. know, here's who he is at his core. Mm. Yeah, but also, like, I'm also terrified of uh, someone calling for tech support in the bedroom if things are <laughs> <laughs> I love how Karen she is about it, too. She's yeah, yeah. like, yeah. support! Somebody else fix this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not this working. This is obviously not me. Tech support? <laughs> no, oh, no, no. But what I, I, I truly did love the, those, like that whole sequence, but then her in her giant, weird, inflatable suit in a bathtub. <laughs> oh, the boiler yeah. suit with the VR thing. <laughs> you just like, yeah. this is the unsexy part of, of the future and VR yeah. and everything. Seeing, is with the fingers. You don't mean the yeah, yeah, suit, yeah, yeah. Sorry, the hug suit, um, yeah. Who directed that particular episode, actually, because it was really fun the way that that was put together and you know you guys were noticing Ingrid in her gigantic scuba suit being hilarious in it mind you and I liked Robbie's real life goosebumps 
that someone um, went to oh. a great deal of trouble to actually frame these little <laughs> goosebumps um, standing up. I thought, that's why you have a woman director on a show. <laughs> well, funnily enough, that was actually uh, Jonathan We don't know Van... if it was a ladies yeah. episode or not. That was a Jonathan Van Tellican was the director on that episode. Oh, thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> so you he also, he also thank did, you for that he, he also moment. did one of the ones from Movie 43, one of your most favourite movies. Oh dear. <laughs> which we will never speak of again <laughs> my, my service to uh, media accessibility for vision impaired people was writing and recording the audio description tracks for movie 43 including uh, a horrible scene with a teddy bear in a closet oh, wasn't that one so just so, just so you never know get that. over um, yes. I'm going to say uh, some of some of the things that that bugged me about this show. Mm-hmm. Now that we're in Spoiler Town, um, you know there are a lot of to me inconsistencies in some of the rules of the world that have been set up when they when it served the plot to have that rule not exist for a bit. Um, you know, such as at first it's like real taboo for him to know Nora's name. And then like the mm. three episodes, he's just chatting about Nora to all of his mates, like out loud. And then it becomes real taboo and a real problem again. Um, and then, mm. you know, in, in the last scene where Nora doesn't clock that he's just been doing all of this stuff online to help her and he's a 2G, like maybe mm. he's run out of data. Like just mm. like things yeah. like that is kind of what pushed it down a rung for me in, into something that was, you know, very, very enjoyable, but, but a bit flawed. Mm-hmm. I, for me, it was, it was the kind of janky visuals that, um, like, I really enjoyed it and I love the questions that it asked. And I, I, I started to get really invested in the, in the philosophical stuff that it was, it was asking and the way that it was asking it. But mm. every now and then a shitty piece of graphic or a, or a really kind of dopey visual would come in or like when they went through the gray web to the, um, you know, the, the sex uh, bot area or whatever that was called. Um, <laughs> gray market. It was a gray market, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it looked kind of cheap and a bit tacky. And there was somebody wearing a big outfit of, of a fluffy head, which wasn't CGI. It was just a shitty, you know, stuffed toy head or something. And any time it cut corners or felt kind of cheap and tacky, I wasn't sure whether it was intentional or whether it hadn't quite got there. So when we talk about it being a bit like good place light, um, the good place always felt like it's intentional the way that everything looked. Mm, like yeah. it had a polish, it had a style, it had a thing. Whereas this occasionally felt to me like it was just not quite getting there with the the visual representation of what they were trying to show. I like um, it that it wasn't as slick as The Good Place. I think the I weirdness think, of this mm, show appealed to me more than The Good Place did. It, I think it did because I haven't even watched the last season of The Good Place. Um, oh, but... get out, Quinny. You haven't watched Parks and Recreation. You haven't finished watching The Good Place. What it's do a... you do all day, Quinny? It's a global pandemic, sir. <laughs> you should be binge-watching television as hard as you possibly can. <laughs> I'm at the end of bloody Netflix. Like, it's a black screen now. Like, come on, Beck Quinny. finished all of House. <laughs> yeah. All season oh, and the special features. Now. I watched six seasons of Shit's Creek in two days. Like, come oh, on. Oh, that's how did you get season six? 
On the uh, internet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why I keep going to your place as as the bar that I'm holding this against, except that it's thematically similar and also, mm. in a way, stylistically similar in terms of um, the production design and the colouring and and the grade. It just feels like a really similar world, so I can't. I keep comparing it to that world if I compared it to a completely different comedy like Parks and Rec um, which is by design heaps less polished than either yeah. of them but again that feels like it's doing what it's doing exactly on purpose and I'm kind of with Quinny in that there are moments um, in Upload where you know it's kind of set up and it feels like it's supposed to be this really polished sci-fi world and then mm. there are just mm. moments where it doesn't. Um... I think I kind of think that, like, even if it was unintentional, and this is the thing that happened, it it works so well with the idea that they're going for in the the rest of the world. Like, uh, even if this is heaven and it's the best that money can buy, it's still pretty shit. And <laughs> what you're getting for just isn't really supported because they're just worried about making money, not about making the user experience amazing unless you can afford it like the more money you have the better you get um which is a totally american capitalistic yeah but i mean i think that's unintentional doesn't matter yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was one of the things you guys were mentioning i'm like oh i don't remember seeing that oh probably because i was looking at my phone (laughs) <laughs> as long as you're not like multi-contenting as well as multi-screening like yeah. you know you're not mm. sort of watching three different shows at once going no i can absorb it i'm like um, you know, I'm, I'm like elvis with that wall of tvs just a little bit of that did you notice the point of pride in ingrid's family about three generations of unlimited data yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and the, um, the amount of data that you have is also yeah. I find it frightening that you are locked in for generations yeah. in a company. Yeah, like it's generational. Here, here is somebody that has been uploaded to the internet to live out the rest of their afterlife for eternity mm. as long as their family, their descendants, keep paying the plan. Which, I mean, is funnily enough a little bit like uh, the, I think it's the Mexican um, uh, belief system that you you exist in the afterlife as long as people still remember you. Um, mm. or, and can people can remember your name. This is like, so long as they can keep yeah. paying your bill. Um, yeah. It's a little yeah. frightening. Like, what's going to happen to these people? Like, if, you know, someone in their family can't pay their horizon bill. They just get turned off. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and there's some existential fucking dread right? for you. Yeah, guess or what, if, guys? There is no afterlife unless you pay for it. Or there's just one but copy of you that you download, days, isn't it? Sorry, Peter. Everything's on subscription these days. exactly. And microtransactions and stuff. But yeah. then there is that other question of of Nora's father. You know, mm-hmm. who still believes oh, in yeah. a traditional afterlife and the whole yeah. Luddite subplot subplot. Yeah, and the Luds. Yeah, maybe we'll find out more in season two from them. I just find it fascinating that there is so much big questions like so many big questions, so much big thinking happening yeah. in what kind of looks like a kind of cheesy little sitcom. Yeah, um, exactly. and I, I really was pleasantly surprised at how often I found mm. myself kind of going, Oh, Oh, okay. I'm thinking about some really big thoughts here. I'm, I'm yeah. like really being told to, you know, expand my consciousness a little bit and go, "What if?" 
Yeah. I think it's a sneaker, like the like as in this sneaks up on you or snuck mm-hmm. up on me. Like I, I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I want. And I kind of forgive the fact that it is all it's got a very grand idea, which I think where Peter was getting to is like it's it's supposed to be a little bit more like the good place, which was very well realized, but it was a much tighter kind of set. Highly crafted and tightly yeah, crafted. tightly controlled. Whereas this yeah. one is it's very expansive. Um and it's hard to maintain the consistency, especially they're probably shooting around real, you know, guests and stuff mm. at that hotel. Uh, it just did it in a really right, like great kind of way. Maybe that's the thing is like the good place is kind of Mac in its very nice, clean environment. Yeah. It's Dell. It's just Dell. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's functional. There's a keyboard, there's a mouse, there's a mouse for life. It works. You know, you can get support, but if you want the full tricked out version, you've got to pay for it. Anyway, enough of that. Where we leave her is Nora is now on her way to a safe house in the woods to hide out with the Lutz and find out what they're about. Yeah. Uh, And and Nathan is frozen until the end of the month. It's really a surprise to Nora, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like I, I did like that little bit. Like, I won't give away the real big, big twist one. Um, you know, the the real big twist at the end uh, was was just enough to make me go, oh, they went down this completely different spanner in the works route, and they're still leaving all the subplot stuff in there, and then mm-hmm. show me more about this world. And now we get to learn about the Luddites who don't believe in technology. What's their society like? Is it dumb? Is it smarter? Who knows? I, I look forward to like you know f- seeing more of that outside world because every now and then you saw hints of the outside world and you kind of mm. get the feeling that maybe um, you know uh, the the climate's gone completely to shit because the people are either rugged up or you know you know it, I'm not sure what time of year it's all meant to be set but you, mm. I kind of got the feeling that the world outside was kind of broken so um, yeah it'd be interesting to see more what uh it's already broken by the the state of uh the apartment that nora was uh living in but then that's just new york isn't it <laughs> yes. and, and... you know what would be funny is if the real life luds were living up in the real life mountain house <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh my god that would be messy. oh god right. well interesting you Look, know, what i mean have you got coming up in the next few weeks Oh, uh, well, geez, um, that put me on the spot. Wait. I can um, tell you. Oh. I can tell you that next week we'll be talking about Mythic Quest Woo-hoo. on oh, Apple TV. Yes. Apple TV's <laughs> Mythic Quest. And then other things to watch when you're feeling a bit blue, I think. In yes. Now comfort watches. Yeah, yeah, what sort of comfort watches are coming up? Also, one that I think Fel uh, might be leading the charge on this one, Killing mm-hmm. Eve. Killing Eve will come up to the season finale at the end of the month. So we've got Mythic Quest. All of y'all go and watch that. Um, another show with a great Australian main character in it, Charlotte mm, um, mm. McDowell, who's fantastic. And then Comfort Watchers, what have you been watching in these terrible pandemic times to get you through? Uh, we have maybe Beck will join us with all of House. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all, all of Grey's House. Anatomy, and I'm a surgeon now. 
Uh, <laughs> maybe that, by that stage, Quinny will join us with Parks and Re- Recreation. Oh, yes, yes. Quinny! Oh, You've got homework. That's your homework. Now. I still got to watch all the fucking Mythic Quest. Jesus Christ. Uh, but yes. Oh, please, I did that in a day. Don't yeah, that. that's a okay, day. Okay, yeah, fair enough. There's other stuff oh. coming up too. There's some, uh, like, we're going to do some stuff on animation. We've still got Westworld now that the season three and that's finished. Got so the if Clone you have Wars. watched any of those things, if you've watched Mythic Quest, if you've watched Westworld, please send us emails or if you've got opinions that you would like us to engage with, read out, whatever, please send us stuff and come on and talk with us live on the chat as we are doing Speaking right of email, Quinny, we did get some email. We got our email and this is, this is sending me back in time to somewhere around about 2008. Um, I... This is an email from uh, DJ, uh, who is a very old uh, listener of um, Cool Shite from way back in the day. Very old. Hi, DJ. Very old. uh, (laughs) Yes, he's very old. He's so old. Or a very loyal listener of Cool Shite. Thank you. Um, Okay, so he says, I'm a friend of Quinny. (laughs) 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 And technically Dion, as I was the infamous Dr. Shark Thunder. Um, So this came after we'd started our podcast, which was called, uh, what was it, Cool Shark? Shark Shark Repellent. Um, which was our a long time ago. It was a long, long time ago. It was a show all about comic books, so it made sense. Um, And decided that instead of just messaging him, that being me, I'd send this message to the show. Good answer. For your Avenue 5 review, I have to completely disagree with almost everything said. (laughs) Good. (laughs) We got it wrong, apparently. Oh, well. (laughs) The show had almost no redeeming qualities and was so terrible that I was unable to finish episode three after forcing myself to sludge through the first two. DJ, come on. (laughs) I watched two as well. (laughs) Neither my wife nor I even smiled. Oh. Oh. Um, I have to give it a rating of 10% for Avenue 5. So there you go. Um, go on the website and rate it 10% there because your rating will pull the other ratings down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, make it a fight. Oh. Fight for supremacy. Back from Get on the website and add your rating. Yes. Um, uh, he continues on. I hate for this to be the only time the show has ever heard from me, as as uh, genuinely agree with a lot of ratings given. Debs, for example, I'd give a ninety percent. Uh, nicked only for the Lily character being terrible. Um, See, I liked, I like, you know, I like Avenue Five more than Devs. So, so did same, I. Obviously, DJ's wrong. You're wrong, DJ. Thing about and you're wrong. right. <laughs> Otherwise, it's a funny great thing show. about comedies, like you can mm. have a comedy that's the best made comedy in the world, and if it doesn't fit your sense of humour, you're gonna hate it. Yeah. But you yeah. know what? Yeah. Opinions are like assholes, and everybody. DJ you want to encourage people, Jill. I'm not calling DJ an arsehole. I'm just saying he has a different opinion to ours. Yeah, it's probably in the true. same place, but it's still an opinion. <laughs> that is true. Uh, DJ does also have his own podcast. Um, if you search oh, for the Emerald Spectre. Um, nice. Right, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I went on it at one point um, a long a while ago anyway. Right. Um, but yes, he says, otherwise, a great show and stay awesome. Thank you, DJ, for writing Thanks, to DJ. us. Thanks, DJ. Tell us every time we're wrong, please. 
Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love this back and forth. Does anyone, like, <laughs> has anyone in the chat got anything? Did, did we get, is it right? Is it wrong? Um, I Thank think you for coming into the chat. Yeah, Matty uh, was here for a little while and I think he yeah. may have fallen asleep now. And Meg <laughs> is uh, telling us that Picard made her sad. Um, but yeah, I it made me sad too. I don't understand why they made that show. It was terrible. But then all Star Trek stuff is terrible. Uh, Star what? Wars rules, and it's better than. Star oh Trek. God! Uh, Can we get kick Dion out of the chat, now, please? Now we're going to get better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Love your messages and your Facebook comments and your Facebook messages and your emails and your chat messages. So please keep writing to us so that we know that you're out there. We love hearing from you. Yes. Well, I think that brings us to the end of the show. I think yes. it has been lovely. I've enjoyed yes. talking to you and waxing lyrical yes, about the big yes. questions thank of life. you everyone for joining in and chatting with us yeah, yeah. lovely yeah um, big love to, to meggles and maddie and to everyone who's been here and thank you so much for supporting us okay i've been quinny ah i've been Diana, who has apparently crossed a line buddy <laughs> <laughs> i have been fell see you in next week's digital afterlife <laughs> i've been jill and i've been peter Thank oh, you. And we're all going to get rendered terribly like this because we can't afford the service <laughs> it, is in yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'm getting towards the end of my two gig. Like you can see this <laughs> webcam is not holding up. <laughs> oh. And I I, 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 I did also watch artifacting an, past. An interesting <laughs> video all about the uh, the the glitching um, that um, because somebody was talking about Max Headroom. Now there's something to go back and relook into. But that's a different story for a different sure. time. Thank you. Goodbye. There's a guy I might like. What's he do? He's in computers. You know you can walk on water whenever you want. No way. I'm not even supposed to be here. Nobody feels like they should be here. Do you think I wanted to fall into the Grand Canyon? That's how you died? They should expect people to try and break the glass floor. I saw that video. You dabbed on the way down. That's how you get the likes. Thanks for listening to the Periodic Table of Awesome podcast. If you have questions, please email info at periodictableofawesome.com. Find us on our website, www.theperiodictableofawesome.com, where there's links to our iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Until next time, stay awesome.